Welcome to Mind and Heart, a podcast by Trinity Christian School in Fairfax, Virginia. In this space, we explore our calling to raise up the next generation to be salt and light in the world. Hello, and welcome to Mind and Heart, a podcast by Trinity Christian School. I'm your host, Joe Wilbur, and today I'm sitting down with former Trinity nurse, Gail Fuller. Having been part of our school community for over 20 years as both a staff member and a parent, Gail developed quite the reputation for hospitality, hosting constant gatherings in her home, making people feel welcome with her warmth, and now even writing a book on the subject. Today, she will talk to us about what it truly means to be hospitable and the Christian calling to love one another well. Gail, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Joe. It's always fun to have an excuse to come back to Trinity. Oh, After spending so many years here, it's really great to be back. Amazing. Well, welcome back. So to get us started off, for those listening who might not know you so well, can you give us just a little bit of information on your background and especially how that relates to the sort of calling on your life to be hospitable? Well, I've been a nurse for over 40 years now. (laughs) I've kept my nursing license, even though I'm not working currently. And interesting that you should ask how hospitality has to do with nursing. But the root word of hospitality actually comes from the Latin word hospitalitis. Mm. So if that sounds familiar, it's also the same root word that the words hospice and hospital are derived from. Oh, wow. So there is a little bit of a connection. Yeah, big time. (laughs) So, you know, if you're wondering, could offering hospitality be a place where comfort and healing take place, like in a hospital or in a hospice? I think the answer is yes. Mm. Comfort and healing can definitely take place through acts of hospitality. I suppose the thing that initially inspired me was a book that I read about 40 years ago, Mm. soon after I started working as a nurse. It was called Open Heart, Open Home by Karen Burton Maines. And it was a wonderful book that was written by a pastor's wife about her calling to hospitality. I was really moved by the things she said in it. And at the time, I had a friend, Pat, who worked for this organization called World Relief. Her job was to help refugees get resettled into the country. Mm -hmm. And at the time, there were thousands of Ethiopian refugees who were fleeing from their country because of turmoil that was going on in the early 80s in Ethiopia. And many of them had lived in Sudanese refugee camps for years and were trying to get into countries that were safe for them. And the United States was a big country where they sought refuge. Mm. So I lived in a three-bedroom townhouse with another roommate. And my roommate and I decided to sponsor a refugee couple. Oh, wow. So this was after we'd had a dinner with Pat, and I had been telling her about my book, this book that I had read. And she she was like, oh, well would you like to sponsor a couple, you know, that are coming in maybe? And I, and my roommate and I were like, sure, that'd be great. And the, a week later, literally, she called us and said, well, I have this young couple and they'll be here next week. Oh, my goodness. So we invited them in. Our parents thought we were nuts, of course. And as a parent now, I completely understand that, <laughs> like inviting these strangers yeah. from Africa into your home for an indefinite period of time. Right. But anyway, what happened during those months was really life-changing for me and for them. And after um, several months, they did get jobs and got settled into an apartment. 
And not long after that, the wife, who was probably about 20, came to us and asked if we could help her get an abortion. Oh, wow. She said that they had been told in the refugee camp, and this was by, you know, workers in the refugee camp, that if she was ever to get pregnant in the United States, it was too expensive to have babies, mm. and she had to get an abortion. Oh, my goodness. And so she was crying, and we said, well, is that what you really want? We believe life is a gift from God. Yeah. And so she, you know, said, no, I don't want to do this. I want to have my baby. So I got on the stick and found out about this free prenatal clinic in D.C. Um, through Christ House, which I don't know if they're still there or not. But anyway, it's a big Catholic ministry. And they had nurse midwives who were nuns that wow. uh, did all of her prenatal care. And we had a little baby girl oh, several months goodness. later. <laughs> and I knew that the relationship that we had developed with these strangers um, maybe would have ended up in a different outcome for that baby yeah. had we not been in their lives. So right. it was a great first introduction to hospitality for me. Wow. Well, you know, it's amazing to, and I don't know if you saw this at the time or maybe reflecting back, but how cool to look back at, you know, you read a book and then all of a sudden you have these, you know, refugees staying in your home. And now all of a sudden through these things, God has orchestrated it to help use you to save the life of this beautiful child, this preborn child. How cool to look back and see that in hindsight, like just starting from reading this book, you know, God brought you to this journey of really showing hospitality and ultimately saving a life. So something we hadn't expected at all. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. That's crazy. That is so cool. What a cool story. Yeah. Um, and then before we even go farther on this topic of hospitality, I have so many questions I want to ask you, but let's define our terms a little bit. What do we mean when we say hospitality? You gave us sort of that, mm. the root of the words, um, but sort of how do you define it maybe personally or what does it really mean? How is it different from just hosting or something like that? Well, I think our culture is sort of confused what true hospitality is mm. with kind of the Martha Stewart standard, right? <laughs> which right. is pretty hard to attain. Um, but hospitality is actually referred to in a number of biblical passages. In 1 Timothy 3, uh, verses 1 to 3, Paul lists the qualifications of an overseer or a leader or a teacher, which includes being hospitable. So the verses read, um, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one mind, of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. So think of the leaders or the pastors that you admire. And for me, they're often the warm people that yeah. you would want to sit down and have a cup of coffee with. Mm. And I know my favorite pastors over the years might not have had the most beautifully decorated houses, but they were people who welcomed you and made you feel at home, both mm. in your church and in their home. And hospitality was really essential for the spread of the gospel. Because remember, there were no hotels for the disciples to stay in when they traveled and took all these wonderful journeys to spread the good news. And we know the story of Jesus' birth, where inns were crowded and uh, there was often not room for them. And the disciples didn't have a lot of money, so they relied on the generosity of the early followers to offer housing and food as they traveled around. 
Well, I love that. I love those examples. I love that you have a definition that actually comes from scripture, right? As Christians, Mm -hmm. that is ultimately where we should be looking to for truth. You know, and I love that you talk about just showing people warmth as part of that definition of hospitality. I think it was Chelsea Hugel who, if you guys know that name, she used to work here at Trinity. Now she works for Young Life. But she taught me that it is so much better to be warm than to be cool, right? A lot of us, we worry so much about being cool, right? Being liked. But really, it's about being warm, being welcoming to others, making others, you know, it's about how you make others feel. And that's really what hospitality is. So I I love that definition. Mm -hmm. What are some ways that you actively in your life try to live hospitably now? Obviously, you had that really cool journey learning about hospitality. But even in the last 40 years of that journey, what does that look like for you? Well, my husband and I really view our home as a gift from God, and we feel like we just get to live there. Mm. We believe that every good thing we have comes from our loving Heavenly Father. And so we try to hold our earthly possessions loosely, including our homes. So over the years, we've hosted probably hundreds of people in our home. Um, We've hosted things like church small groups, church large groups, (laughs) dinners, book clubs, missionaries, home on furlough. Uh, Young Life Dinners, Mixers for Singles, (laughs) our kids' sports teams, and lots of Trinity events over the years. So I'm hearing a lot of, um, for you, it's really been about just opening up your home, using your home for so many gatherings and hosting people and um, events. Obviously, the goal of hospitality is to bless others, but I'm interested to know if, you know, from opening your home and from doing all these things, what blessings have you received in that process? Well, Joe, so many I couldn't even begin to count them. (laughs) You know, it's not always easy having people into your home. I mean, things sometimes get broken and things get stained and spills happen. But, you know, the blessings far outweighed any of the inconveniences. Mm. Um, We've watched the Lord orchestrate jobs for people. We've seen him answer many, many prayers, connect folks in ministry with each other. Uh, who needed to meet, and we've seen even a few couples meet and get married. (laughs) Aw, what a blessing. Um, But one thing I especially remember was we had a gal from Uganda staying with us who we'd met through a friend, and she was a very well-educated young woman at the time, and now she holds an important job in the country of Uganda and the government. Her name is Miriam, and she shared with my children over dinner how much they should appreciate the enormous privilege they have to get such a wonderful education in our country. Mm. She had to really work hard, especially as a female in her country, to get a good education. Right. She told them how fortunate they were to have their own books to read and how many children in her country would give anything to have a tiny portion of what they had. Wow. And it really spoke to my children at the time and was something that was very unexpected by us. It wasn't anything we had prompted her to say, right? but we really appreciated it, and it made a lasting impression on them. Mm. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I think you probably already spoke to this in your definition of hospitality, but do you think that Christians in particular have a special calling to be hospitable to one another? Yeah, Joe, I do. Um, Because as I mentioned earlier, it was essential for the spread of the gospel in the early church. And I can't think of a better way to introduce people to Christ Mm. than through inviting them into our home and our lives to see what a difference a relationship with Him looks like. And if Christ is at the center of our lives, others will hopefully see the difference. And let's hope it'll be an attractive experience in our homes. 
something like, you know, the fragrance of Christ that's mm-hmm. talked about in Second uh, Corinthians verse 2. Um, verse 15, it says, For we are the fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Mm. So if our home is that sweet fragrance, you know, hopefully it'll be attractive to people and they'll notice the difference. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I recently read just by pure circumstance or maybe because of God, but I recently in a devotional read um, there was a chapter on hospitality literally just two days ago. And it talked about sort of hospitality as I think it described it as meeting people's physical needs so that God can use us to help meet their spiritual needs. And I just think, you know, Jesus is such a picture of that, too, the feeding of the 5,000. You know, he met their physical needs. They were hungry, and so he fed them, and then ultimately to lead to a relationship with him. And it's sort of a cool way to think of what we're doing. Like, yes, feed people, welcome people in, but it's not to impress people. It's to ultimately yeah, show them the love of God. And so I love that perspective. Mm. It's not That's about great. us. Yes. Yeah. So to whom are we called to show hospitality? People in our church, family members? What would you say? I would say, you know, family, friends, and even strangers. Mm. My story about taking in this young refugee couple might not be for everyone, but you can invite someone new at your church for lunch. Mm. Um, I did that 25 years ago, actually. We met this family at church. They were sitting in front of us, and we met them during the greeting time. And at the end of the service, I whispered to my husband, we should invite them to lunch. Mm. And so we did. They had uh, two boys who were a little bit older than my daughter and a daughter who who was uh, the same age as my son. So we invite him over. I just had, I knew I had eggs. So I just made a ton of scrambled eggs and we had a great visit. And now that gal is one of my very dearest friends wow. and a prayer partner with me. Mm. So, uh, Hebrews 13, 2 says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Wow. And I know my dear friend Aaron has been an angel to me over the mm. years. But I really hope somewhere along the line, maybe Gordon and I have entertained an angel and we didn't know. <laughs> That's wow. fun to think about. Yeah, it's like that story with Abraham, right? The right. travelers, and it turns out, yeah, he's dining with angels yes. and maybe even the Lord himself. It's a little confusing, the passage, but yes, amazing. Yes. All right, this is all well and good, right? Sounds great. But what if someone's listening and they're thinking, you know, I want to be hospitable, but I'm really shy and I'm introverted. And it is, does not come naturally to me to speak to people, much less strangers. Is this something that I'm still called to? What do you think? Well, that's a great question. And I will tell you that my husband is a pretty solid introvert. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> they make great husbands. And so when we were dating, you know, I shared this vision of hospitality because it was something that didn't leave me after that, mm. you know, young couple had lived with us. And he was a little reluctant, but he married me anyway. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> knowing <God. laughs> my passion full on, I mean, I was not, I fully disclosed it. And now 32 years later, he's probably my biggest support person. Mm. I mean, he really has gotten on board and we both seen God do things that we knew never would have happened if we had just been sitting at home alone. Wow. Um, he's super helpful and though although I'm usually the instigator, he totally shares my vision. Mm. That's so important in a marriage, sharing those big picture things, right? Yes. The vision of what you want to be as a couple, what you want to do. So right. it's really encouraging to hear. I'm Personally, I feel convicted and inspired by that in my marriage. So <laughs> that's, that's a great word. Um, so how can we live more hospitably? What would that look like to start living in a more hospitable way? 
Well, I guess my advice would be to start with baby steps, especially if you're not super comfortable with a concept. Um, maybe you have a small budget. <laughs> um, so just invite a neighbor over that you've wanted to get to know for coffee. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great first step. And don't feel like your house has to be perfect mm-hmm. because chances are their house isn't perfect. True. And if yours isn't perfect, it'll make them a lot more comfortable and feel like they can relate to you easier. I know, especially with young kids, I didn't always clean up, you know, or put all the toys away. And it really made, you know, people would come in and they'd say, oh, gosh, thank goodness your house looks like mine. You know, (laughs) it really does break the ice. Yeah. makes them feel like, oh, gosh, I can never achieve – Yeah, like, I could never have her to my right, house because, right. like, she keeps perfect house. Um, anyway, but I promise there's a mission field that's all around you mm. in the neighborhood. I think our, our uh, culture has gotten very insulated. Yeah. We'll go in and out of our houses. And even other Christians that I know don't know any of their neighbors. Mm, they just yeah. come and go from their house and have never made an attempt. And our world is – hungry yeah. for the gospel. And there are just a lot of people that are lonely and yeah. could use someone reaching out to them. There's a book, another book um, on hospitality that I read about this woman who just painted uh, her picnic table a teal green color and mm. stuck it in the front yard. And she would just sit out there and neighbors would come and it became this whole phenomenon. And wow. all these people started painting picnic tables teal and sitting <laughs> them in their front yard. And she'd have a little bowl, you know, out for the dogs to get water as wow. they were out on walks. And so there's lots of creative ways that you can do it without spending a ton of money and yeah. just being, you know, relational with people. I love that you mentioned that because I'm thinking of in my life all the times when I have let a messy house or not having anything good in the fridge keep me from inviting someone over from church or inviting someone from work or, you know, talking to a neighbor, inviting them in. And it's I think it's really this pride that's like, I don't want them to see the reality of my messy house or I want to be able to feed them only the best food so that they'll think whatever about me. And once again, it's making it all about me instead of really trying to be hospitable to them. Stouffer's lasagna is great. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep it stocked. (laughs) Keep things in the freezer. Yes. Well, well, I do want to talk about, do you have like practical tips for, you know, making your home a welcoming place, even if it's not perfectly clean or, you know, sort of practical, maybe your top two, top three tips for hospitality? Well, my most important tip is to pray over your home. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good one. Um, we belong to an Anglican church, and there's this beautiful special ceremony mm. um, for the blessing of a house. And the service goes through every single room, including bathrooms and closets. Wow. And it's beautiful. You can you can probably find it online. In fact, yeah. I Googled recently because um, with the split from the Episcopal Church and the Anglican Church, mm. the Anglican Church is sort of redoing a lot of those um, uh like it's not in the Book of Common Prayer, which okay. is like the base. It's a special ceremonies book. But anyway, I found one online. And, you know, it, it says things like, you know, as you're sleeping, may you sleep, be restful and focused on sweet dreams and the, of the Lord. And, mm. you know, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, so we have done that 
in every house that we've lived in. Mm. We've prayed over my kids' dorm rooms. We've prayed over apartments that they've lived in, praying scripture over each of the rooms and just praying for God's peace there and sort of inviting him to be the most honored guest and Mm. to dwell there with you, I think is really an important thing. And I'll tell you the land that this school sits on was very prayed over. <laughs> we They used to have prayer meetings over in the, the OHM building because that mm-hmm. was the only building that was here. Yeah. And it was a big empty room where wow. the, the, you know, long table is now. And, and we would get in a circle and just pray over the land before the school had the money to build these buildings. It was well prayed over. And I think you can feel it here. Yeah, I mean, you can feel the focus on scripture here. You can feel that this place is prayed over. Absolutely. And um, so I would say that's really the most important thing, Mm. (laughs) aside from any of the other practical stuff. Yeah, that's huge. Well, you know, it's amazing that you mentioned Trinity. And I I agree. It's like as soon as you pull onto campus, I don't know, there is this feeling of, I don't want to say sacred ground. I hope that's not um, sacrilegious or anything. But it is. It's prayed over by so many people historically and still today. Every day people are praying for us. um, And that's like the biggest – Dr. Vanderpool always would say to the community, we covet your prayers every day. Pray for us because, mm-hmm. you know, that's God's sustaining work through those prayers. He's sustaining us um, and blessing us continually. So that's amazing. And, you know, speaking of Trinity, how do you think we can educate the next generation to be hospitable and to take that seriously as Christians? Well, I think the best teaching happens by example. Mm. <laughs> and I have to say that my children are now my role models and teachers Aww. in lots of ways. Uh, my daughter and her husband opened their home in the greatest act of hospitality, at least in my in my definition, I know of through the adoption of our first grandchild. Mm. And our lives have been forever changed and blessed beyond imagination by my darling little grandson. So, um, wow. Anyway, and this school has really centered its teaching on um, viewing every subject through the lens of scripture. And the Bible has lots of references of hospitality. So the kids are getting it here, I think, too. Yeah. And um, I think our PTO is a great example, too. Yes. I mean, they really um, care for the saints who work here. Yes. And I know I was blessed many times by their acts of hospitality towards all the teachers and staff here. Yes, I have been as well. When they come through with the breakfast cart, that's mm-hmm. a great day. That makes everybody's day. Yeah. It changes the day. Um, I, yeah, but I'm even thinking of, you know, as you're talking, I'm picturing, you know, school is getting ready to start here in a couple of weeks at the time we're recording this. And I'm walking through and I'm watching classrooms transform from empty rooms to these beautiful rooms that especially well, lower and upper school teachers, but especially these lower school teachers are putting so much time and care into decorating their classrooms and putting things on the walls and praying over each of the desks. And just like you said, right, blessing that space, inviting the Holy Spirit into that space, getting ready yes. for those kids to come. You know, it's reminiscent of that Bible verse, preparing a place for you. And I yes. see that's what our teachers are doing. Even in these weeks leading up to the first day of school, they are preparing a place for their students. They're praying for their students before they've even met them. And I think even that is such a testament to, yeah, that spirit of hospitality that we're called to. It's amazing to see. It really is how we welcome the students here. So tell me a little bit about this book that you are allegedly writing. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you can give us some spoilers or how far along you are, but what inspired you to write the book? Well, um, 
Once I retired from my job here at Trinity, I wasn't exactly sure why, but the September of that last year, I really had this strong impression that it was to be my last year. Mm. And I didn't know why, but I've been, uh, you know, walking with the Lord long enough to know that I can't ignore those, those promptings right. that I get. So, um, so anyway, I resigned at the end of the year. I retired. Uh, my husband hadn't retired yet, even though he's, older than me. <laughs> um, but that fall, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Oh, my goodness. And so thankfully, after surgery, he was completely healed. And four years later, he's still cancer free. Praise God. But I was able to be there with him that whole fall and winter during yeah. his recovery and um, take care of him, go to all the doctor's appointments and not have to ask off from work or anything. Yeah, And then... Um, before that, for probably about 15 years, be, at least before COVID, I had gotten many invitations to speak at various MOPS groups in the area, mothers, preschoolers, oh. um, all over the Northern Virginia area. And um, the topic that I was most passionate about, obviously, was hospitality. Mm. And it's the one I got asked to speak on the most. Yeah. Um, so I guess a combination of those two things. And then I had a dear friend who suggested that I write a book initially. And I didn't really take it very seriously because my husband's a really good writer. He did a lot of writing in his job. And both my kids were English majors in college. Um, so you have and, a team of great editors so already. Like, yes. <laughs> and um, so, but I was like, I'm not the writer of the family. Like, right. Why? You know, are you putting this on my heart? And then yeah. this gal that was really just kind of an acquaintance came up to me at church one Sunday. It was Mother's Day, actually. And she, you know, had this word that she felt like the Lord had impressed on her heart about my hospitality gift mm. and that I needed to be using it. And she said, and, and she kind of said, I think you should write a book. Wow. And so when that happened, I was like, okay, I probably need to take this a little more seriously. It's the nudge has so, turned into a push. <laughs> <laughs> so not long after that, I wrote my first chapter, but um, it's taken me, you know, I worked on it off and on during COVID. But this summer, I sort of said, I really need to finish this thing that I started. And really, if for no other reason than to have a legacy for my kids, yeah, like, yeah. I would love to get it published. So if there are any publishers out there that can help me, I have no idea how to do that. But um, my goal is to get the final draft finished before my daughter arrives because we're all going to the beach for a week and I want to give she and my son a copy to let them read. I'm going to let my yes. husband do the first run proof and then the two of them. And then I think I'm pretty close to being done. Wow. That is so cool. We yeah. cannot wait. I hope that you will definitely let us know. I will. And I'm sure we will hear about it as soon as it's out and ready to be purchased and read. Um, that would be amazing. You. Yes. Well, anything that I didn't ask you that I should have or that you would want to add to today's conversation? Wow. Uh, good question. It's just, it, it's something that really changed and defined my life, mm -hmm. um, this vision for hospitality. And for 40 years, it's something that's been a part of what I look forward to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really enjoy having people in our home and yeah. I've gotten so that I, I can do it without getting very stressed, even for large groups. With lots of advanced preparation, I would say that that's key to enjoy your guests yeah. to have as much done as you can before they come. If you're having a meal or a party or something, yeah. to try to have it because I like to be able to enjoy it. And I'm getting a little older, so I end up being tired sometimes sure. by the times everybody gets there. And I'm I'm learning now how to navigate that new 
part of my life, but um yeah, anyway. but the not getting stressed, that's huge because it is. So often even when my intentions start good, you know, oh, I want to be hospitable, have people over. Um, usually I'm, you know, cranky and rushing around and fighting with my husband by the time the guests arrive. And th- that's not good either. So, right. yeah. And I think it's remembering, you know what? It doesn't have to be perfect. It's not about me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what an encouragement. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know that your wisdom will bless all of our listeners as it has blessed us today. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Mind and Heart, a podcast by Trinity Christian School. If you enjoyed this conversation, leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. It helps us so much. For more information, visit us at www.tcsfairfax.org.